0: Welcome to the Music Biz Club episode number four. I got Gerald King, aka Relevant on the other side. Hey. And um thanks for, for doing this, man. I I know I know we uh, I know I know a couple years ago couple years ago we were out in LA at the ASCAP expo, and you know, some of us that have taken off or started to the yield the seeds of I guess success and you know, I see you're doing pretty well for yourself. Why don't you start off by, by telling your story uh, to, to everybody who will watch this here now and in the future. Uh, who you are and how did you get into the game? All right. Uh, what's going on, everybody? Uh, first, thanks to Kill for
1: inviting me to do this. We've been talking about it for a while, so it's good to see it uh, finally happen. Uh, my name is Jarrell King. I'm a music producer. I go by Relevant for audio engineering at the los angeles recording school uh did that for a year um after that i ended up uh working well with a production company for the black ips uh i worked with a producer named prince board um from there i just continued to to network and hustle and travel and you know find every avenue i could to get involved in um you know keep making music in the process and spending time just uh investing in myself and eventually uh I went to the ASCAP uh, awards or expo, and that's when I met you. And from there, I just continued working. And then over the last couple of years, I worked in a lot of different international markets. I also do a lot of stuff in television and film in the sync world. Um, I also run my own blog now where I turn around and I teach everything that I've learned thus far in the music industry to up-and-coming musicians. Um, And that's why I'm a big fan of what you're doing, because like uh, in the music industry most of the people who actually achieve some type of success they don't really give the the real truth of how they got to where they got to um they usually give like the cliche generic answers of just work hard and you know keep owning your craft instead of saying what it really takes um so you know that's how we got to where we are now
0: right i mean it, it, i think it's, it's very exciting coming from that um from that experience in la like when you see when you look at guys like C-True, who's been working with Snoop Dogg, Traveler on you. I mean, it, it's, I think it's truly amazing. But, you know, it's been years. That has taken years to, to get to that point. And it, in between, there's a lot of struggles. Like, so I want you to expand on your, your struggles in in getting toward uh, the accolades or or the, or the sort of, like, the multi Multi-platinum records that you've produced so far. What were the struggles mm-hmm. of you getting there?
1: Uh I mean I know everyone's life is different, but I feel like in a sense everyone's life is the same because there's always struggles. It all just depends on um what you decide to do with those struggles and how you approach them. I think my biggest struggle at the time, at least coming up, was uh having limited resources. That was probably the biggest thing that I struggled with. I still struggle with that now. Um it's just uh Rather be relationships or uh, finances or time. I so feel like most people are troubled with those things, and I was definitely troubled with all of those things. Uh, while pursuing music, I also was in college. Um, I, I was in college part time all the way up until I got my degree, and that involved being able to study uh, while in the studio, and being able to travel. I, was in, I lived in a different country. At uh, one point, while 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 I was in school, I lived in New Zealand for nine months. Uh, that was where I got my first platinum record. And being able to manage that time, being able to afford, being able to do those types of things, everything is expensive. I live in L.A. Los Angeles is definitely on the list of one of the most expensive cities in the country. Um, and being able to afford uh, living expenses, rent, uh, as well as studio time and equipment, uh, all of that stuff, like there's no real game plan to be able to do any of those things when you first start making music. You don't even acknowledge the fact that there's going to be so much more that's going to be required of you to be able to, to start scratching the surface of actually doing something successful rather than be a songwriter or an artist or a producer or anything in any industry. I think uh, for me, I struggle with time, I'm trying to balance my time with working. but then work a job. Um, I still work a job. Actually, I work a, a job now Monday through Friday, but I have great hours, so you would never know. Um, um, managing time, being able to fund things, and actually being able to go out and network. I think I struggled a lot in the area of building solid relationships with people because I often encounter very disingenuous fake relationships, uh, especially being here in LA. I feel like um, man, I have a stack of cards of people that I've met. Um, everyone has their own ulterior motives or their own goals and, and wants and what they're trying to get. And I feel like, you know, it's just a lot of uh, what can you do for me? And if you aren't valuable to me, then you're worthless to me. And, uh, you know, come back to me when you can actually do something for me. And, uh, I feel like coming up, that wasn't a good place to be in because you always want someone from, want something from someone, especially if they're in a position that can help you advance to where you want to go. <clears throat> so I feel like, uh, Though the relationships part and the time management part were definitely my two biggest struggles. As uh, far now, like I said, I still kind of struggle with
0: them now, you know, how to turn it into what you want it to be. So what, what one element or what are the, the first elements you think from your, your perspective that someone who started out should, should really focus on in terms of creating a path to success?
1: I think the first thing you have to do is know what you want. Um, I feel like starting like everyone likes those who make music enjoy making music but not everybody wants to make music professionally Uh, even if they're talented enough to do so some people do and some people don't and I feel like if you don't want to do it like professionally then that's something the better you figure that out uh, the less stress that you'll have in the future because once you realize that you're just doing it for fun um, I feel like it will change the way that you approach doing everything that you do regarding the music in itself. Um, If you do want to do it professionally, then I feel like you have to come up with a game plan on how you're actually going to do it because everyone thinks that, oh, I'm just going to start making music and I'm going to get a manager and then I'm going to get a deal and I'm going to put music out and everyone's going to start listening to it. It does not happen that way. It takes a lot of thought. I like to look at being a musician as being an entrepreneur and a business owner. And if you know any business owners, it takes a lot to run a business, just getting one off the ground. There's so much work just establishing that foundation, almost like building a sky rise. It's like there's so much infrastructure built below surface, below eye level before they even start building on top of the ground. And I feel like, that is the like the core base of like moving forward and being successful in music or in anything that's going to happen. Um, that's going to be something that you spend your time investing in.
0: Right, I, I truly believe. Like um, back in LA, I had a, a, I ha- hosted a panel with Edwin Cox. I don't know if you if, if you ever heard of Edwin Cox, and that is something that I hone in on. Like I, I truly believe that you really need to focus on. The business part. A lot of artists go out there and they're like, "Yeah, you know, I want to be an artist." But you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's like you are a business, and everything revolves around you. So, right. I mean, if if you don't have that foundation set, then you're just setting up yourself for failure. And you know, and you don't want to waste your time, and you don't want to waste your team's time or anybody you do business with. So, let's talk about. Uh, the business of course but let's talk about the, the money like where where do you make money off your records because this is a big topic and i think a lot of people don't understand it so uh yeah and let's talk about publishing mm-hmm. and, and and where do you make your money off your records
1: i make the bulk of my money from the initial sale of either a song or the beat uh, i do get royalties but I, I haven't generated a whole ton of royalties to make me feel like like oh man, like I, I'm doing good. I don't have like that big hit record on the radio that's gonna actually generate the type of royalties you would actually even want. Um, most of my as a producer, most of my money comes from uh, either an artist or a label or an investor who's funding an artist to be able to produce a record for them, rather than just be an instrumental or to actually deliver a full. Song, which is typically what I do in most cases when I'm working with uh, some type of singer or, song, or artist that sings rather than like a hip hop artist who can write their own stuff. And even those artists will still take tracks with hooks on them. But um, in best case scenario for me, someone will contact me and say, Hey, uh, I have this artist. They are looking to get X amount of songs done. And my next question for them is, What is the budget? And they'll let me know what their budget is. And from there, I'll determine uh, what work can be done within that budget. Um, often different songs require a different amount of work. So let's say, um, see one of my recent singles, um, was a a woman in Ukraine, an artist named Tina Carroll. And in that case, in that case, she needed, you know, live pianos. She needed string arrangements. Um, I don't think there was a guitar, but in any case where I need to bring in an instrument player, all of that is factored into the budget. So I will take a budget. I will make sure that within that budget, uh, my fee is, is taken care of. And then I'll also make sure that there's a fee in there for mixing and uh, any instrument players, there's a budget for that. And if, the, if I don't have to bring any of those people in, which most of that stuff I can do on, on my own, then that's just more money in my pocket. But I always allocate some funds to be able to, uh, bring in additional people and make sure that they can be compensated as well. Um, as far as publishing and royalties go, uh, the typical split depends on the the record and the artist and all the people that are involved. Instrument players that I work with don't typically get any royalties. Or I usually do work for hire for instrument players. Um, and then once we do the splits for a record and the record is registered and released, then that's when the royalties start to come. But the
0: royalties take forever to come. Like they take like a year. Yeah, okay. two three years. I mean, yeah, serious. I think it's incredible. I think a lot of people don't understand that. So, of course, like you know, you have to get paid upfront for your services, and then on top of that, you know, when the royalties start coming in, you, you have to have a system. So, like, so do you have, for example, um, so so for example, do you have a a business setup like a LLC? Do you have an accountant? Do you have a team? I, keep. Uh, I, do
1: have a, I do have an do have an LLC. Uh, I don't have an accountant, but I I'm in finance in, uh, in college, and uh, even now, like my my job during the day is I, I work in an accountant uh, accounting department at a tech company. So numbers and money is basically my background. Uh, it's all strategic. I did all this for a reason just so that I can be able to understand my business in and out. So I handle all of my own books for, uh, for that case and, uh, track my expenses and do my own taxes and all of that.
0: Right. So I've seen that you, you have a couple of sync, uh, placements. Uh, I, the ice age, if I'm not mistaken, how did you get into, to, um, I guess that market, um, how did you get into sync? Because anyway, that's uh, that's, a, that's a, a lucrative area that that other that artists and producers, stars can get into other than mm-hmm. the, the, the regular route or the, the the most popular route of working with artists. Um, I actually got into it a few different ways, and even now, like I,
1: I keep finding different avenues that lead me back to the sync world. But it really just uh, originally. It was just an idea. I was working with a production partner and uh, we were chasing ma- major label artist placements. And something just told me, like, hey, you know, there's other ways to basically be able to get paid to make music and still be able to be uh, felt proud and uh, feel like you did something cool and uh, accomplished something. And I felt like TV and film was something that I was always interested in. I'm a big movie head. Uh, so I always have had an interest in. Uh, either doing a soundtrack, being on a soundtrack, or actually doing an actual score for a film. Um, so I kind of just put it out into the universe, and uh, randomly, a producer that I knew from a few years before that time uh, ended up reaching out to me, and uh, I found out that that's what his focus was. He was just working on things. So he and I collaborated on a few different projects, and sure enough, uh, we started landing uh, some things left and right. He had a bunch of relationships with uh, a bunch of sync li- uh, music libraries. And um, from there, I started doing my own research of other music libraries and my own initial outreach to find out the type of criteria that they looked for in the music uh, and being able to kind of build a relationship where I can start submitting music for any of their projects, where at least would receive uh, the email or the phone call when they did have a projects available so that I could submit for them. <clears throat> as far as uh, a few others, just relationships, I've gotten a couple syncs from just knowing other musicians who know that I'm always down to work, know that I'm always down to collab. And uh, with that being the case, I think the biggest sync that I've had thus far was for Ice Age Collision Course, the last Ice Age movie that came out. Um, and in that situation just happened to work out where uh, one of the songwriters had the opportunity and she called me and asked me if I'd be interested in potentially making some stuff for the movie. And I said, yeah, of course, why wouldn't I be? And uh, we did three records. Two weeks, um, submitted them to 21st Century Fox. They liked them all. They took them all, and the day before the film came out, they dropped one of them and released two. And they were uh, international and nationally released uh, trailers for the the film. So certain things like you can have a plan of action, and the other things is just going to come from you know you being available and the relationships that you generated while while in the business. All right.
0: So I so I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that through sync you've dealt with at least one or two music supervisors and I th- and I from my experience I've I've done one or two films in music supervision and, and I've talked to other music supervisors and, and I know their criteria mm-hmm. is very um, they're very what's the word they're very anal about you know sending them music and, and making sure that the the criteria for, uh, like say ID three tags and made data are important. Like, so for anybody for everybody who's watching out there who would be interested in and in, in get into sync and eventually they would have to, at some point deal with a music supervisor. What, what advice would you give to them when, um, they're engaging with these type of people. These are the gatekeepers to film and t v and you know if you uh, most times if you send something not correctly done they'll black they'll blacklist you so what is what, what is advice what is your advice you would give to uh artists out there when engaging with supervisors
1: um I always say pay attention to detail. Um, music supervisors, they're definitely uh, in high demand. They are definitely a gatekeeper. I think a lot of what I've seen lately is music supervisors will all found they'll just go to the library and have the library deliver the music, someone that they already have a relationship with, instead of just dealing with a bunch of random people who are submitting um, music. I don't think music supervisors have the bandwidth anymore to sit there and just go through all these people who are trying to get their, their music either placed or synced or whatever. Um, So I I see a lot of the music libraries actually being the people that the music supervisors deal with more so than anything. Um, But with that being said, I definitely would say uh, follow their instructions and pay attention to detail. Um, Usually they know what they want. They will give an example. There's usually some kind of reference of what kind of music that they're looking for. They'll provide a song that's similar or like the placeholder of what they currently have and they're looking for something in that vibe and then I would say don't deviate far off the path from what they're looking
0: for. Right. So, Mm -hmm. stepping off from that topic and let's get into more of your travels overseas. You've been in New Zealand, you've been in Scandinavia. How did you use those opportunities for you, for yourself? Like getting to work uh, overseas and, and producing records for, for artists, international artists or artists in other countries and you know, scoring a few platinum records. And for New Zealand, uh, all of those, basically each of those opportunities
1: have all come from our relationships in the music industry. Um, New Zealand happened, I was hired as a producer to fly out to New Zealand and work co-produce on an album that was getting ready to be released for, uh, this actually wasn't for an actual artist, it was for someone, it was for a tech developer. Um, The tech developer was building a platform, a music platform that was supposed to be the competitor for SoundCloud and they wanted to create an album and that album was a compilation dance album that would be the first album released on their music platform. So I got hired. Uh, through a production partner at the time to come out and join in in the process of creating that album. Uh, From there, in New Zealand, I just did more networking and um, met more artists and began to work with those artists while I was there. Um, So I figured I'd take advantage of being in another country and just try to work with as many artists as I could while there. And that's how I ended up getting the, the, uh, uh, playing the record with 660, who's a New Zealand uh, band. They also have a deal, a deal here now in the U.S. Um, as far as Scandinavia goes, uh, one of the artists that our songwriters that I work with here, uh, my guy Jordan, he is one of the songwriters in the Ice Age uh, record as well. He has a music publishing deal in Scandinavia. And um, since we work together often, he'll bring me opportunities of, that they have there for the artists they have on the label, just starting with the publisher. Um, so, usually the people that I work with, I work with a very close circle, but any opportunity that we have, we all bring them to each other and we all just collaboratively try to get as much music done as possible and then submit it all together instead of just trying to do, you know, one person, one songwriter, one artist, we'll say, hey, you, know, you, you, and you, these are the opportunities that we have. What do you have? What do you have? And how can we all just make a bunch of music and then submit our catalog of music to everyone's opportunity. And in this case, that's what was, what happened. Um, He called me and said, I have opportunity. Um, Here are the artists that we have access to. Let's make a bunch of records for these artists and send them over and see what happens. Um, We did that. We did a camp. We brought in different people, submitted all the records and of the batch of records that we submitted, one got picked up. Um, That record ended up becoming Um, the title record for the album for an artist named Nike Ankara. He's a rapper signed to Universal Finland. Um, And that ended up making the album. The song became the title record of the album, and the album ended up going two times platinum. Um, From there, um, since that happened, Jordan and I decided to go to Finland to work with more of the writers and artists on the label and publisher. Um and while we were in the area, I figured again, since I'm gonna be in this area and since I'm gonna be working with as many people as I can, I might as well reach out to the people I know who live in Sweden and uh see if they'd be interested in working too because they're so close together. What's it was for me to make a flight over there and to try to get into some more sessions. Um and by doing so I reached out to the people that I know in Sweden and they were more so open to getting together and working. Um and I ended up partnering up with a publisher out there and got in and worked with some of their artists. And one of the artists, I'm actually in the process of uh, signing to my production company and releasing it. It'll be probably the first artist I release through the uh, the production company. And uh, he just flew out to U.S. a few weeks ago. And he came and stayed at my house, and we did a, a lock-in of 12 days and did a bunch of records and look forward to that coming out soon. But that's just me uh,
0: taking advantage of the location and the relationships and trying to make the most out of the situation. Right. So so the main thing is networking and, and using the, the resources. I mean, that's the big thing. My motto is, you know, you can't stay in your house, you know. You, you know, especially if you're living in, in a in a big city or a city or a music city, you know, a lot of I know a lot of people, you know, they, they complain but they're not taking advantage mm-hmm. of their location. I'm like, yo, you're living in LA or you're living in New York. Or you know you might be living in Miami and not taking advantage of what other places lack. So, anyways, um, right. to to end it all, like, what's the biggest thing you've learned? And uh, if any other advice you have for for uh, our listeners or our viewers, what is that? What what any any other advice that can help them grow and, and into a path of success that you would have.
1: Um, I would say starting off, I realized that it's better to put yourself in a position to help someone else while you focus on becoming the best version of whatever you are. So become the best songwriter. Like While you're focused on developing your skills, sharpening your skills, learning the music industry, learning the business, while you're in that developing stage, spend that time helping someone else out being of value to them, Uh, eventually you'll get to a point where you are ready to step out into the spotlight as who you are. And from there, you stop being as helpful to other people and start focusing on just yourself. I feel like uh, you do have to be somewhat selfish at some point or another because at the end of the day, it is your career, it's your life, it's your goal. Uh, But one of the best ways to reach your goal is to actually help somebody else reach theirs. And I feel like that helped me a lot because I always, while I was learning and getting better at being a producer uh, and and being more of a student, um, I was also helping other people as being, you know, uh, a co-producer. I would chop up samples for people. I would do sessions for other producers that were more established than me where I would just engineer the session and get to be able to sit in and watch the process of how they work. And, um, eventually it got to a point where it's like, oh, hey, you know, now I'm hiring an intern or someone to sit in on my session because now it's more about me and I have to be selective with who I work with because I can't also, I can't waste time either. And I have to only work on opportunities that are going to be lucrative or going to lead to a bigger and better opportunity. But you can't start off doing that at first because you're not really in a place to do that. It takes a lot of time to to actually get developed and established, And I feel like a lot of people jump out there way too soon, and uh, you know, wanting to always be about them and their goals when they aren't fully in a position to uh, offer that much value. Um, where they're standalone, you know, most of the time you have to offer value to someone else who has more experience than you. I feel like that to me is what helps me get uh, where I have gotten to thus far. And uh, when I look around and see other people in other parts of the business. I can say that that's also helped other people that I'm, I work closely to as well.
0: Good advice, man. Cause that's, mm-hmm. that, that's also i have viewed my successes through doing exactly that, you know, give me, mm-hmm. you know, helping people goes a long way because they respect you more. And, and when you show up and other people around you see that, it can create opportunities. If you're in the right place and, And if you're with, you know, I guess humble enough people, but with people who care and and, you know, who will want to see the best out of you. So anyways, thanks a lot, man. Thanks a lot for doing. Yeah, absolutely. I I appreciate this. And and um, I hope we can work together sometime soon.